Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Andrea Horvath, good to have you back on the Oakley Show. Good afternoon. It's my pleasure as always, John. Good afternoon to you. All right. Uh, let me just start by saying that uh, you've got a proposal here, and I'm trying to go through it, uh, you know, point by point. Uh, you're saying that there are still people who are going to fall through the cracks, uh, even with all of the benefits availed to them by principally the federal government. Uh, so who are we talking about? I mean, can you give me by way of example who might be falling through the cracks? Well, uh, so there are some folks who, for example, and it's funny you ask this because a friend of mine uh, was talking to her last night and her uh, she and her partner, they fall through the cracks. They have a small business. They're still operating because they do um, uh, Internet kind of stuff, like uh, selling of hardware but also the uh, maintaining of uh, network systems and those kinds of things. But their customer base has really fallen off significantly um, because that, many of their customers are commercial and uh, professional, and they've shut their doors. And so they're still scraping in a little bit of income, but not nearly where it was. And so they're, they're, they've been through the programs with a fine-tooth comb, and, and they just don't quite fit into any of the categories. Right, so there's there's an example, and there's many like that. The the, the really really small mom and pops that didn't have uh, a, a payroll to speak of, that might still be doing a little bit of business online, and so can't get the wage subsidies, and can't can't get um, no, sorry not the wage subsidies, but can't get the uh, um, the the emergency. CERB. Yeah, CRB um, mm. and, and and other programs, and so so the thing the thing is that they we know these people exist, and uh, what we're saying is that there should be some kind of uh, you know emergency fund to help those folks get through. Um, you know, we, we're heading into May now. Uh, in two weeks is May rent is due, and a lot of folks didn't make April rent. The bills continue to climb, and uh, we need to see some relief for folks. So we've asked for that. We've asked for a couple of other things, as you probably know, a, a top-up for social assistance uh, pay, uh, recipients so that they can have a little bit more money in their pocket to source food at a time when it's uh, not available at food banks uh, the way it used to be. Uh, things like top-ups for um, uh, for folks who are uh, well, students, for example, who are uh, not able to make any summer money but are running out of their OSAP uh, uh, availability. Uh, we would, we're hoping that uh, we can get something for them. Um, we think that there needs to be a, a complete uh, withdrawal of any co-payments for uh, the Trillium Drug uh, uh, Plan um, or the Ontario Drug Benefit Plan just because folks are having to fill their prescriptions more more frequently and so you know let's uh, let's give people a break there we think that there needs to be um you know change in the auto insurance costs because folks aren't driving their cars anymore and so we should be giving them a break so we have a lot of different um ideas that we've been bringing to the table uh, and all right let me just let me pick up on a few of those sorry to interrupt but on the auto Okay, uh, on the auto insurance, I know that some insurers have actually dropped their premiums because, as you've recognized, too, uh, nobody's driving as much. But you're talking about a 50% reduction. I'll get around to that. I just wanted to back up a little bit because you were talking about your friends, and uh, they were saying they fall through the 
the cracks despite the Canada Emergency Response Benefit, which pays 2000 a month for four months. And uh, that's if you're not affixed to any employer per se. You're in the gig economy, which they sound like they are. More but you're asking, you're asking for an additional 2000 monthly benefit from the province. Is that right? Uh, not over and above the 2000 but for those who don't qualify for the 2000 Oh, I see. So, okay, so, I and the 2000 is it's interesting. Uh, it, it looks as if you can you can get the emergency 2000 but then to get the, the following months, uh, that's, that's not something that everybody qualifies for. Uh, they say they don't even qualify for the initial 2000 uh, emergency, right? So it's, mm-hmm. uh, it, 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 there's a lot, of, um, a lot of people that aren't, aren't really, you know, receiving any assistance, and, and these are the kinds of people and the kinds of businesses that could easily, you know, close forever or lose their homes or things like that, right? I understand. In fact, uh, in hour one, we were talking about these people who are uh, on the front lines, cashiers, uh, janitorial staff, people who are stocking the shelves in grocery stores, and goodness knows they put themselves in harm's way at minimum wage, give or take. Uh, I was rounding it up to 15 but it's $14. Uh, you're suggesting top-up payments for these low-wage essential workers. Are you asking that there be, uh, well, private companies have regulated pay uh, or compensation to their people? Is that what we're talking about here? What we are talking about is a, a fund from the government to help top up the wages. Uh, we recognize that a lot of those companies are uh, you may p- maybe not in a position to do that at this point in time, although we, you know, we, we did lobby hard for the $15 minimum wage, uh, as you know, but, uh, but that was another time. Now what we're saying is uh, there needs to be some kind of top up to wages and uh, and the government needs to to show the appreciation of the rest of the province, those of us who are able to stay home and, and, and stay well, uh, for those people that are putting their self, themselves in harm's way. All right, but you're saying then there would be, it's almost like the minimum wage legislation, but you're saying there's now an addendum to it and there's a top-up that would come dictated by government legislation. Yes. Any idea how much that would be? Well, you know, I don't have that figure right in front of me, but I did ask my staff to to, to put together, um, uh, what do you call it, a, a costing, because this, I mean, this is not the only ask that we've had, right? There are a number of other asks as well. We've asked for the government to step in and help uh, small businesses uh, pay their rent for the next couple of months. So we've asked for a, a up to $10,000 a month in a uh, rental subsidy or a lease subsidy for small businesses. Uh, when I talk to BIA, heads of BIAs across the province, they're talking um, possibly as much as 50% of those businesses won't come back if we can't float them for the next couple of months because the overhead's just too high on Main Street these days. And so we've asked for, for that, for example. Uh, we've asked for uh, a break on utilities uh, for the same reason for uh, for companies that are um, and small businesses, small and medium-sized businesses, and all of these things would come um, come from from government support. Absolutely. All right. Well, it would be legislated then. That's what I wanted to uh, arrive at, and uh, you're still not clear on the amount there. But you do give a fixed amount when you talk about the NDP proposal for $2,500 a month rent supplement. That's not business. The business you're talking about, ten thousand. Yep. Twenty twenty five hundred for a household or an individual. Is that like a flat yeah. amount? Yes. No. So it's so it's eighty percent. So for the businesses, it's seventy for seventy five percent. Sorry, seventy five percent up to a maximum of ten thousand. And for uh, residential, it's uh, it's uh, 80% up to a maximum of 2500 Yeah. 
And how do you determine that? By what criteria? I mean, this could get really expensive, couldn't it? Well, I mean, it, it could, but here's the deal. It's going to be much more expensive for, uh, for us to dig out ourselves out of the hole uh, if families have become completely destitute and homeless. And if uh, businesses have shuttered their doors forever, not being able to help with the recovery uh, because they're, they just can't see the mountain of debt. I mean, I've talked to a lot of small businesses and medium-sized businesses who have said that, um, you know, it's not a matter of having access to a $40,000 loan with $10,000 forgivable. It's a matter of you know, do I even have, you know, the room uh, to be able to take on uh, more debt? And, you know, and if that answer is yes, then do I have the capacity uh, to pay that debt down uh, when when COVID-19 is over? Uh, and people are saying they, that that's not the case. And so, you know, we are going to need those businesses and those families uh, to uh, to rebuild when this is all over. And so, yes, it's going to cost government money, but rather pay that money now uh, and, uh, and be able to, uh, you know, have a, a quicker bounce back uh, and a more strong bounce back uh, when uh, people haven't been completely decimated. Yeah, you've got a real laundry list here. As I was saying earlier, I'm trying to work my way through it point by point. Uh, you want to order all utilities to provide interest-free bill deferrals for up to six months. Yep. Uh, and anyone who cites financial need with penalty-free repayment plan. Anyone who cites financial need, is it based on attestation or would you have to show, is it a means-tested thing? How does that work? Well, again, I mean, I, I haven't uh, built the entire policy out, but what we're saying is we want to you know, we want to protect people from having their utilities shut off. Uh, we want to protect them from having, uh, you know, all kinds of extra fees and uh, penalties applied uh, against uh, payments that they simply can't make because they don't have any money coming in. So what we don't want to do is make things uh, uh, end up having things go from bad to worse for folks. What we want to do is uh, have the utilities. Uh, provide that um, that cushion, if you will, uh, and if if somebody is, for example, you know somebody uh, like some of the examples that I've already shared uh, is not able to pay their mortgage uh, and and therefore is not going to be able to pay their utilities uh, for the next couple of months, that they're not punished for something that they that was not their fault and that they had no control over. And so that's what we're saying. We're asking those utilities exactly to do that, to take people's word for it, because we are in a crisis here. Uh, if people are, are later to found to have cheated the system, well, that's something we can deal with later. Uh, but what, what we need to do right now is get is give people, uh, you know, the you know the, the way forward uh, to get through this financially for the next couple of months. Yeah, and you say uh, for families that might be waiting for federal supports to arrive, you've got the Ontario Emergency Income Program that would provide two thousand to a household plus two hundred and fifty per dependent child. Yeah, that's just uh, while they're waiting for, I guess, a CERB to kick in. Well, again, so this was some of these asks we put out before the CERP was even announced or uh, or, or uh, determined, right? But that doesn't that doesn't. Um, mean that there aren't people who are still waiting uh, and or people who don't qualify. And so, again, I mean, it's a, a matter of, uh, I mean, we were, we were quite surprised uh, early on when the government of Ontario signaled uh, that they were not going to really provide much in terms of direct um, assistance to people. Uh, while we watched provinces like Alberta, uh, provinces like uh, Saskatchewan, provinces like British Columbia, all do exactly that provinces like Quebec within the first couple of weeks they were already there financially supporting their residents and not so here in Ontario so we've been from day one encouraging exactly that 
All right. Uh, I suppose, though, there's a sense that the federal government has stepped up with their three-pronged program for businesses and individuals in the gig economy or who fall through the cracks. And then, of course, the wage subsidy and all the rest of those. But you're saying still inadequate. Uh, and for students, here's another one. Student summer uh, grants being extended if they're unable to find summer jobs. Uh, you're saying that uh, there should be some money in the hopper for them as well. Now, I know the student uh, job program that was going to subsidize student jobs into uh, the new year, actually, at 100%. But you're saying if they can't find a job and uh, we ought to waive anything that their parents give them by way of support for an OSAP, OSAP grant. So basically, students can just qualify to get money even if they're not working or can't find a job. Well, yes, particularly when we know that this summer uh, is going to be unlike any other summer that they've had to face in terms of lack of job prospects. It's, I mean, I think we, we need to be uh, honest about that, and, 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 and therefore we, what we don't want to see is young people um, putting off their education or deciding that they can't afford uh, to go back in the fall to finish their studies or to con uh, continue with their studies uh, because COVID-19 has put them in such financial dire straits. So that's what the, that's all about, is to try to, um, you know, shore up those students, shore up those young people, and, uh, and help them to see their way financially through another school year, knowing that they wouldn't, wouldn't be in a position to, uh, to be contributing themselves, and, and often their parents won't be either, because their parents, in many cases, will have been taking up the same kind of financial hit that we just spoke about. So, Andrea, let me ask you finally, because it sounds like the sluices are opening at both ends here and just, uh, you know, flood uh, all sectors with liquidity. Now, the feds have ostensibly done that as well. Uh, but do you have a price tag affixed to it? Because, I mean, federally, uh, we've heard Mr. Monod talking $73 billion. The total package, I guess, comes in at $200 billion plus, And it's taking the deficit, uh, the deficit alone, to about $183 billion. Where would your program in an ideal world, if you got your wish list fulfilled, where would that take us, uh, you know, financially? Well, I mean, there's no doubt that it is going to, uh, I mean, if these uh, measures were undertaken, it is going to mean uh, a ballooning of the, uh, of the uh, deficit uh, and the debt in Ontario. Uh, so th that's a matter of choice. Do we have people uh, go bankrupt? Uh, do we have businesses go belly up? Uh, do we have a complete devastation so that uh, when we come out of the other end of COVID-19, we don't even have what we need uh, to, to try to cobble together uh, a future in terms of GDP and, uh, and success here in Ontario? Or do we try to uh, use the resources uh, that, uh, that the government can bring to the table to shore that up so that, we, so that we're in a better position uh, to, uh, to bounce back on the other end? I mean, it, it is a, a policy choice. I would prefer to have government step up and step in uh, and uh, pay that, that down over future years to shore up families, to shore up people, to shore up businesses, uh, and to shore up uh, the opportunity for our, our economy to get back on track. But certainly you mean temporarily. Oh, absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Right. Just wanted to make that clear. I appreciate <laughs> you joining us. And <laughs> it's always a pleasure, John. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll talk right. down the road. Stay you healthy. Take care. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs> Andrea Horvath, leader of the opposition in the legislature. Well, it's quite a laundry list, I gotta say, honestly. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.